With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm here. Recorded live. Welcome, welcome everyone to our Bible study and fellowship here tonight on Talk Shoes. It's been a while since we've been here, over a month. We've been live streaming on... Uh, on Facebook, YouTube kicked us off within five minutes when we started on YouTube. So we we live stream uh, Friday and Sunday nights on um, on Facebook. Anybody can go there. It's got a Facebook account. It's public. It's not necessarily connected to you have to be a friend of so-and-so. I, I think that's correct. It's public. Anybody can watch it. Uh, but we're there at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we live stream uh, on Friday and Sunday night, and we'll be doing for the near future one program a week, which will be on Monday nights here, like tonight, on TalkShoe. It's good to have all you folks here tonight. It's good to see some of our old friends that in the brother Don. Yes, if I could just add to what you just said. Go um, ahead, brother. To be clear, if you look for Brother Don, and this is for the people who might listen later from download, if you go to Brother Don's page, it's going to be called Christian Donald. Right. You can look that up on Facebook. And we archive and the videos and put them on YouTube under Don Spears Ministries. Correct. Thank you, Brother. Appreciate that. And we're not associated with Light on the Hill Ministries anymore. No, there will be there is no association with Light on the Hill Ministries any, at all. And um, that's where you'll find us, like Brother Kevin said, Christian Donald on on Facebook and Don Spears Ministries on uh, on YouTube, and, and talks you on Monday nights. Anyways, good to have you folks. It's uh, it's a little uh, what do they call it um, deja vu here. Feel it feels good to be back tonight on on talks you, and good to see you folks, Brother Holler. Good to see you and. Um, brother um, Howard B., I hope you're listening. We've been praying for you, brother, right on, even though we didn't know you were listening. And Brother Pete might be with us after a while. Don't know. He's in the process of moving. But it's the same group, same uh, same bunch here, man, Brother David, Brother Kevin, Brother Pete, and uh, Brother Beverly, she's with us tonight. She's she's come from Facebook over with us. She usually has trouble getting on talk to you, but she made it tonight. But good to have everyone here tonight, and um, hopefully be able to go to YouTube and watch the previous programs we've done in Acts and in Genesis and open topics and uh, some stuff on the live stream video on Don Spears Ministries on YouTube. Brother Dave, if you would, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, and um, be sure and catch everybody that you can remember in our prayer tonight on Facebook, on, 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 uh, talk to you, brother, please. Yes. Father, we come tonight in the name of Jesus, and we lift up to you this teaching tonight, the timeline of deception, and 
we pray that the Lord Jesus Christ is magnified through this teaching and preaching tonight and through the reading of God's Word in the book of Enoch. Yes, Lord. And, Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit be the teacher to us and to all those who listen live and to downloaders, that the anointing will be present on God's Word. And we pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you send the Holy Spirit tonight to teach us and to comfort us, exhort us, and encourage us yes, to God. take a new path and to to understand new things and to gain new revelations so that we could be mature men and women of God, serving the Lord Jesus Christ in fullness of knowledge and understanding and not held back by ignorance or or false doctrine, Lord. And tonight, we lift up to you those who come tonight. First off, Lord, we pray for David and... We pray, Lord, that he would be able to continue in great service to you and that he would continue to be taught by you personally by the Holy Spirit as he enters into the Word of God. And we pray, Lord, as well for Beverly, that you'd continue to bless her in the teaching of God's Word, that you'd use her to teach other women and children, Father, in Jesus' name, and bring many souls into the kingdom through witnessing about the Lord Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. And, Lord, I also lift up to you, Papa Cat, Lord, and I pray, Lord God, that you would lead him and guide him in everything he does, that you would help him to be able to witness to people, to speak to people, to gain eternal rewards from the great archive of knowledge you've given him in his mind. I pray, Lord, that he'd be able to have perfect recall by the power of the Holy Spirit when the time comes. The Spirit gives us recall, and I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I lift up to you, Brian Haller, Lord, and I pray that you'd continue to bless him and use him, prosper him, Lord, enable him to reach out to his family members. I lift up to you, Steve and Julie Greenup, Lord. I pray that you would bring health and healing into their lives physically and that they'd be mature men and women of God with the vast teaching and knowledge that you have them go out Lord and to be your witnesses and I pray that if possible they could be a part here but if not Lord I pray that you find the perfect place for them to be able to minister to the saints and to have the saints minister to them and I lift lift up to you as well Lord Elisha and Jeff I pray, Lord, that you continue to give them understanding into the difficult situation and deliverance and enable them through these experiences to cast their cares upon you, Lord, to press in to know you, to study your word, and to have devotional prayer and time together with you that gives them strength walking side by side with the Lord as they go through these this veil of trouble. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up Bruce Gorman to you, Lord. I pray wherever he is that you bless him, that you use him, that you cause him to press in or repent of any problems and press in and serve the Lord Jesus Christ wherever he is. I lift up Jim Irvin, Ireland, Lord, and I pray that you continue to work in his life, that you Cause him to be a witness there in Ireland and to bring souls into the kingdom and that you help him, Lord, to be a minister in his family, an example 
to those around him. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. 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 Well, folks, this is part 26 on the timeline of deception. And we will probably, more than likely, we will pick it up again with part 27 this coming Friday night live streamed because by then, Lord willing, maybe I can get some poster paper or Brother Dave can um, figure out how to draw draw some stuff and he and I can get in contact and get together on some of the this part of the timeline and draw it out to where it will give a visual aid as well as just listening to my rambling voice talking. But anyway... We've in the past in these twenty six in these twenty five parts previous, we've run the timeline all the way back from Genesis three with the two seed line. We've run it all the way through Babylon, from Babel and to the dividing of the nations to the divine council, the seventy nations that came out of Babel to the divine council over each nation to God calling out a people for his name through Father Abraham. We've come all the way up through um, the, or the writings of David. We've come through the, all of the, uh, we've come through a lot of the um, minor prophets into the New Testament and on past the resurrection. We've dealt with, with the resurrection and how Satan put it into high gear. After the resurrection, we've dealt with uh, the first fall of Satan in Revelation chapter 12, how he was kicked out of the main part of heaven. And he, he was kidding in the book of Job, how he goes to and fro in the earth. Not necessarily on the earth all the time, but in the earth. We've also dealt with the fallen angels, not only the 200 on Mount Hermon, but the rebellious angels that fell with Satan, which were a third. And on... Uh, the live stream program the other night, we did a two-part series on angels, which only touched on it. We didn't hit all the scriptures, but we hit quite a few. And we dealt with the number that's there. In Hebrews 12, it says that there's a there's an innumerable amount. And it says a third of those fell with Lucifer, whose name is called the dragon and Satan and the devil. He's got a bunch of different names. Lucifer being his proper name, then he's called the dragon in Revelation, and he's called the devil, the slanderer, and he's called Satan, the adversary. But it's still the same individual. He is the anointed cherub that covered in eternity past. And now we've brought the timeline up into the 1800s with the bringing forth of the English Bible how the English Bible was given to an English-speaking world with a universal language, and how in the 1800s it was started to be attacked. It was attacked by revisions from the Alexandrian manuscripts, which nothing good comes out of Egypt. You have two different lines, just like you've got two seed lines in Christianity and in the people of God and the children of the devil. You've got two lines of manuscripts that one comes out of Antioch, which is the Textus Receptus, and one comes out of Alexandria, Egypt, which is the Vaticanus and Sinaiticus. Now, it don't take a genius to figure out which one God's honored. All you have to do is look at history, look at revivals, look at the book that God still honors, 
versus the the hundreds or thousands, or however many versions there are now, that gives people they like. They just get what they like, and you don't see God doing any great wonders with any of these other versions because it's the wrong line of manuscripts that were used. And I didn't say that you couldn't find something in those other Bibles that was true, okay? I just said that you've got the godly line and you've got the line of the devil. So Antioch is where we were first called Christians. That's where the apostles launched out their missionary journeys from in the end was from Antioch. And that line of manuscripts is the ones that produced our English Bible, the King James Authorized Version. And all the others come from the Sinaiticus and Vaticanus manuscript, which the Sinaiticus manuscript actually came out of a garbage can. Am I correct, Brother David? Brother David, are you there? Yeah, it was found in a garbage can. The monks threw it out, and uh, he fished it out and kept Fish, it. That's decided right. It was good text. <laughs> Tischendorf judged. Pulled it out of a out of a garbage can and all of a sudden claimed this was this wonderful manuscript that had eraser marks on it and lines drawn through it and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, that's the way the Catholics work. They put out what they want to put out, contrary to what God's will is, one way or the other, for the majority of the time. Anyway, in the eighteen hundred for sixty centuries, man rolled around on wheels and rode a horse in the ships. And then all of a sudden, in the 1800s, there was a boom in technology. You think, it, and people just think, well, oh, all of a sudden, man started discovering things. And he got smarter. That's the evolutionary process according to science. Man gets better and better when in all honesty and truth, the Bible says he gets worse and worse. We're all They all have a sin problem and a genetic problem, and the genes started out perfect, and everybody knows according to the law of thermodynamics, the law of entropy, there's entropy in a closed system. Everything degenerates. And the same way with the genes, the same way with memory, the same way with music, the same way with literature, the same way with everything. It degenerates. You say, well, what about the smartphones and computers and everything? Do you actually think that the horse-drawn carriage and horse-riding people are the ones that actually came up with that information? You say yes. Well, just stop and think about what you've said if you say yes. In the antediluvian world, there was a knowledge increase when the angels came down to Mount Hermon to follow the watcher angel, the watcher class angels fell. They brought, as we're going to read in Enoch in just a few minutes, they brought forth knowledge. And what did it do? It wound up with men's hearts were on, the thoughts of men's hearts were on evil continually. That's what all the technology did for them in the antediluvian world before the great destruction of the flood. Well, they were bound for 70 generations. 
I'm of the opinion, and I think you can look be a, look back in history and put the time limit to somewhere these angels were released for a while. It said in in uh, Isaiah chapter 24, it says they'd be revisited after a while, and that was 70 generations according to Enoch. And there's been a burst of knowledge. Daniel 12 said, Men shall run in the last days, men shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Well, that's what's happened. Not because men got smarter, but because they had an influx of knowledge, both good and evil. God had his part in day. He put his part in his well as far as learning the word of God, opening up our spiritual eyes to certain things that was kept hidden, just like he opened up the Apostle Paul's eyes to mysteries that were hidden from the foundation of the world, the same thing has happened in these end times. He's opened up our eyes to new things. For such a long period of time, historicism had a chokehold on prophecy. Not anymore. Paul and Peter both gave you the examples that the Lord would open your eyes to new truth. And they didn't even have a completed canon. And once the canon was completed, that set the stage for God to open diligent student, spirit-filled teachers and preachers' eyes to new truth in the Word of God. Not that God has changed. It's always been there. It just hasn't been revealed by the Spirit of God. So not only did you have an influx of bad knowledge from the re-released angels, not counting the ones that were running around underneath our feet and in the second heaven somewhere, maybe the wandering stars, the, what we call planets, maybe that's where some of them's at, but a third of the innumerable amount of angels, that's a buku of angels. And there's three places, only three places they can be. All right? They can either be on the earth, under the earth, oh, excuse me, under the sea, that's a possibility as well, more than likely a grand possibility. Or they could possibly be inside the firmament on one of the wandering stars that it talks about in Jude, okay, which would be what we call planets. Only a possibility. I'm just throwing that out there, okay, in this enclosed flat world that we live on covered by a firmament. As we will see in just a little while when Enoch runs into the firmament. In the south, it just so happens. And in the south, he runs into a place where it's very cold, and in the south just happens to be Antarctica. But anyway, in the in the 1800s, the boost came. Man came to flight. All of a sudden, now he's flying in the sky at the turn of the 20th century. And all of a sudden, they, these new supposed new revelations come. The very Hubble, the guy Hubble, that they got the telescope from. The Hubble tele they claim is a Hubble telescope. 
Do you realize where he said he got his knowledge? He said he got it from an elf standing on his windowsill that told him this stuff. Did you know that? We're talking about somebody that's revered with a statue and supposed to be this wonderful scientist. He says he got his knowledge from an elf sitting on his windowsill. Remember, angels can transform themselves into anything. They're, they're changeling. They can change themselves into ministers of righteousness. Satan's angels can. Satan, marvel not that Satan himself transformed into an angel of light. But anyway, as this knowledge increase has come on the scene, here comes television, the propaganda machine that has probably damned more souls, turned more souls away from God the Father than any other instrument ever created. Now the computer, and I, we're on the computer right now, I realize that, but the, 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 the destructive power of it outweighs the good part of it and multitudes upon multitudes of times more worse than it is good. Okay? Don't think because it gives you comfort that makes it good. See, you think in the fleshly terms. Cell phones, where instead of taking the time to ride somewhere to talk to somebody and talk to them face-to-face in fellowship, you just flip out something and look at them on a screen and talk to them which takes away flesh-on-flesh personal contact, which makes friends, lifelong friends, and understanding personalities. I I could sit here and talk for a whole hour on how the comfort, the comfort and complacency that technology brings that has been brought, the angelic technology, that's what it is, the angelic technology, that's been given to man to use is damning our own people. Not only through the complacency and comfort and laziness level, like it tells you in Revelation chapter 3, you think you're rich and increase with goods and have no need of nothing. But I say unto you, you're miserable, wretched, poor, and blind. That's the last church. That's us. With all the technology at a fingertip, the microwave ovens, the cell phones, and I and the computers, and I can go on and on and on. And hey, folks, listen. I there's nothing unclean of itself. A computer sitting by itself don't hurt nobody. It's the way they're used. It's the time consumption instead of prayer time. It's Netflix time. Instead of coming to the program live and listen to the preaching of the Word of God with a joy and a love for God's Word that was brought to you in blood, it's turn on the television and download later. Can I get an amen, Brother David? Amen, amen. And you know, you the, tele, the 
cell telephones, they why people get so addicted to them is that they stimulate the same brain centers as doing drugs such as the crack cocaine. The endorphins. The yeah, endorphins the endorphins the yeah, come out when you make a contact on the phone or you get that email or you get that text and you got another one to look at. You you get that little charge and people get totally addicted to it. And the, and the Bible teaches us not to be addicted to things. People, our people, our Caucasian race is the most, do you realize that we're the most addictable race of the races? Did you know that? Biochemically speaking, anatomically speaking, we're more easily addicted than any of the other races. I wonder who knew that. Satan knew it. We used to be the fiercest, most feared race that there was. Now we've we 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 have become the most complacent, the most uh, pa- passive race of people, just about that there is. And Rudyard Kipling's poem on when the Saxon begins to hate gives you a good example of what we were to where we are today. And we've read it here on this program many times. So we come into the 20th century. And we have planes. Then we have these so-called rockets that don't do nothing but kill. They're just rockets made to to send a bomb somewhere, they ain't going nowhere because we're covered with a firmament and we're not only that but a radiation belt and not only that but a heat belt that even the sci- one scientist will tell you that it, it it's so hot it'll melt. All, it's 3,000 degrees and then the next scientist that's compartmentalized will tell you they're sending up stuff made out of like a Coca-Cola can that's up in this thermosphere that would melt before it ever got to the thermosphere, that one compartmentalized scientist will tell you there satellites flying around. Another compartmentalized scientist tells you that it's 3,000 degrees, which makes it impossible for the other scientists to be telling the truth. And they don't even nobody stop to think about that. Do they, Brother David? Very seldom. You're right about that. So... That's where we're at right now. So about 1945, after World War II, and after Admiral Byrd had done, went to the quote-unquote so-called North Pole, he wrote a diary, talked about going into the center of the earth. All right? Well, on the stand, and then from 1945 to 1964, all kind of things happened. Bird went to the South Pole in Operation High Jump. There's all kind of conspiracy about the reason he went there. It was because Hitler was down there. It's because the Nazis built a base down there. Well, I'm here to tell you that it was neither one of them. Did he go down there? Of course he went down there and got his tail kicked. His poster went down there. It was supposed to be an eight-month mission. Lasted a week or two. And he come back with his tail tucked between his legs. Something happened. There's something down there, folks, that nobody wants you a part of. 
because after they pulled out and after Operation High Jump, the major nations of the world got together and signed a treaty that don't allow you no exploration down there. Bird found something down there. He come in contact with something or somebody down there. And we'll read a little bit out of Enoch in a little bit. It might give us some ideas about what he did find down there. The realization has come back to the forefront of the of the cause the biblical cosmology that's on that's been on that's been on fire for the last four years, and will can it's that's not going anywhere. There are there is no silver bullet to kill it. Because it's biblical truth. If you're a if you're a biblical literalist, you believe that the Earth is a circular plane inscribed within a square. There's four corners and it's a flat Earth enclosed by a firmament that tells you that in Isaiah 40 verse 22, or I think it's 40:22 or 40:23 that God sits upon the circle of the earth. And then it also tells you in the book of Genesis that everything that he created, he put inside the firmament in the very first chapter of the book. So that has caught on. And then after it, the purity of understanding biblical cosmology has been hijacked by many different sects. you got one sect that believes there's no such thing as a firmament. You got one sect that believes that only in Antarctica is just a never-ending plane, and it's just one world after another world after another world. In other words, the purity of the flat Earth has been co-opted. Like every truth, once a truth's brought forth, there's always those that come in and take the truth part and then add something onto it to make it a lie. But as long as you stick with what the scriptures say it is, you're fine. Don't buy into any of the stuff that's anti-scriptural. Always check it out with the yardstick. Check it out with your absolute authority. That way you know you're on the right, you're on the right path. If you go off of that path in speculation and everything, then you open yourself up for error. If you stick with a book, then there's no way you can be led astray because you'll be believing God and then everything's up to him. As long as you trust the Father, he's got his hand on your shoulder and he'll take the rap for anything anybody comes up with as long as you trust and believe in him, just like your earthly father would take care of you. But once you step out of line and go any other way, then you take the consequences. But man has no, there's no fear of God in anybody's eyes hardly now anyway. They lie at the drop of a hat. They, they just completely fill their mind with filth and trash. They fill their ears and their memories with garbage and garbage in and comes garbage out. And they justify it with their generation, they justify it by what they like instead of what the book says you should like. Instead of putting pure 
thinking about things that are pure and true and honest and good report and virtuous. No, your input, you you putting in trash, filth, garbage because it makes you tap your foot, because it makes you feel good, not because it's right, but because you like it. And you will be held accountable for it. What's behind all that new technology? Don't forget, Satan was the in, he was the instrument bearer. He was the song leader. He had musical instruments built in to his body. The tabrets that were built into him. Remember, his line to Bocain was the inventor of musical instruments. That's the Cain line not the Sethite line. So we wind up now with people going down to Antarctica and then pulling out with nothing but scientific research. You can't go there. It don't matter if you've got $5 billion. You can't organize a group to go down there with all the up-to-date equipment and explore for yourself. Why not? Why not? You, do you ask the do you, be a child, be childlike, ask the questions. Why, the only stupid question that was ever asked is the is the question that was never asked. See? Why? Ask yourself why. There's something down there or someone down there that the powers that be don't want you to have anything to do with. It's got nothing to do with you freezing to death. That's that's the least of their worries. They'll experiment on you with vaccinations. They'll kill you putting poison in your food. They'll chem's trails spray you and poison you from the air. They'll put mercury in your mouth that'll make you dumb as a box of rocks and affect your personality but yet they won't let you go explore Antarctica or, or, or the North Pole because they love you. Surely my listeners and the ones that download this have enough brain cells to rub together to figure out something is there is uh, something going on in Denmark and it's not a great Dane. And there bees an African-American in the lumber business somewhere. So what is going on down there in this timeline? We've done past the twenty. We're in the twenty-first century now. The Pope goes down there. The arch, the the whatever they call him, the Grand Mufti or whatever his name is from the Greek from the Orthodox Church in Russia goes down there a few years ago to Antarctica. What for? And then on the greatest day of America, when we elect, when we elect, finally get a person of our race elected into the White House, in the great day of the presidential election, John Kerry, Secretary of State, goes running down there for a few days. No explanation given. I wonder why. What's going on? Conspiracy theories run wild and run rampant. 
There's something or somebody down there that's calling shots. That was the first time that the the Russian Orthodox and the Roman Catholics had met face to face. You got see the 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 Russian Orthodox has got somebody that's got the same position as the as the pot bellied liquorhead does in Rome. Except they're two sets of dogs. And that's the first time they've come together in over a thousand years. So something was important. What was it? All we can do is speculate. Then we're going to speculate a little bit tonight, but we're also going to put a little truth. We're going to add some truth here with our speculation, with the Word of God, and with the extra-canonical book of Enoch, which seems to back up an Enochian trip to the south where it was very cold. During this time period of deception, we've had the greatest um, anthropological and geological institute, the Smithsonian, start out, it started out good. We found giant, remnants of giants all over North America, all over Europe, and the bones just seem to disappear. You have records of them in newspapers and magazines that date back into the 19th century, up into the early part of the 20th century, and just recently you've had sworn affidavits of our military units fighting a 15-foot-tall giant in Afghanistan and killing them. And killing, not only did the giant kill two squadrons of U.S. soldiers, he ate them, cannibalism, cannibal, Canaanites, veil worship, cannibal, that's where the word comes from, from the Canaanites, and veil worship, that's where cannibal cannibal comes from but they finally killed the giant and shipped it back to supposedly Wright-Patterson Air Force Base there is testimony to that sworn affidavits that this is true that was in Afghanistan of giants living in caves you've got an epidemic in the national forest Across this plane that we live on, especially in America, where people disappear into thin air for no reason and are never found, not a bone, not a hair, just boof, gone. Where do they go? Some of them are found days or years later in places that's been searched 50 times. And then all of a sudden, the 51st time, they go back and there their bones lay. There's all kind of stuff going on. But remember, in the early, in the antediluvian world, the giants that were born to the angels got so out of control, they got so big, their appetites could not be filled Man could not feed, man could not give them enough food, so they wound up eating human beings. We're going to read about that in just a minute. 
But first of all, I want Brother Dave to read Matthew chapter 24. And I want you to listen to this. This is a verse that's been read over 50 million times. And I think, and now in verse um, 37 and 38, brother. Thank you. And I want you to read that. And I want you folks to listen. And people, and it's been read over, read over, read over. But without the knowledge of what I've just went through 20, 25 minutes telling you about, it would give you no re- You wouldn't even think. You would, This wouldn't even raise a red flag in your mind. But the last time we went through it, I brought it to Brother Dave's attention. Isn't it strange that they say that? I didn't even hear it from my my Bible teacher. He didn't even raise any question about it because it's always been suspected that this that that the Lord says before He comes that men will just be. You well, go ahead and read it, Brother Dave, and I'll explain it. Okay. But of that day. And our knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noe were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noe entered into the ark. Okay, may I remind you, that it tells you that that before that before the ark was finished and the reason God came down and saw that men's hearts was set in them, the thoughts of men's hearts was set in them on to do evil continually. They were be they were beyond help. Evil continually and here it just says they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Make you think everything was just normal life going on, wouldn't it? Unless you knew what the Lord said about it back in Genesis 9. See? Their hearts were setting them to do evil continually. Evil continually is not having just everybody going to the, to the marriage altar and having a feast and, and drinking a little wine. That's what must... That's what the majority, that's what the 99.9% of Bible expositors would have you to believe. Well, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, they found a full manuscript of the Book of Enoch. It was sold to a Kuwaiti oil magnate. And there was a person from New York that went and microfilmed the whole complete book of Enoch. And it was it was it was put up against the R. H. Charles edition of the Book of Enoch and the Ethiopic version of the Book of Enoch and found to be almost identical. So that one personal copy that was found in the Qumran documents in the Dead Sea Scrolls was a complete cover to cover manuscript of the Book of Enoch after being microfilmed and checked. It checked out, and it was almost identical to R.H. Charles' edition of the Book of Enoch when translated into English. So let's go to the Book of Enoch, chapter 7, brother, and read verse 1 through 5. And let's check out about this eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, okay? But we all know 
while you're turning there, while you're there, brother, I'll go ahead. I'm there. Quote. Okay. Genesis 6, 1 said, it says, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and took some whomsoever they will. Well, anyway, just go ahead and read it, brother. That, y'all know okay. the Genesis 6 account. Go ahead. So you want me to read Genesis 6 or Enoch? Enoch chapter 7, verse okay. 1 through 5. Verse 1 of chapter 7 in Enoch by R.H. Charles. And all the others together with them took unto themselves wives, and each chose for himself one. And they began to go in unto them and to defile themselves with them. And they taught them charms and enchantments and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants. And they became pregnant and they bare great giants whose height was 3,000 L's. I'll make a comment on the L's. I checked into it. And it's hard to nail it down, but it's between two and four feet. So these things were 6,000 to 12,000 feet tall. Who consumed all the acquisitions of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. Then the earth laid accusation against the lawless ones. End of chapter. Does not now then they were marrying and giving in marriage, eating and drinking. Makes a lot more sense now, doesn't it, Brother Dave? Yes, it does. They were eating all right. Yes, they sure were. They sure were. And so on video, when we do when we do the program Friday night in continuation, we'll bring up some videos and we will show and and um, let you hear the testimonies of the soldiers that fought against one of these giants over in Afghanistan, and and also the pilot that brought the body back to the United States. And he talks about how the, the two platoons that went in beforehand, their bones were strode all over the place in front of the cave that had been gnawed on. And, oh, by the way, if you will go to Matthew, Brother Dave, real quick and okay. look in your Strong's Concordance, and go to that verse where it says they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. I want you to see what the Strong's Concordance has about the eating. Okay. Uh, they were eating. Yeah, I want you to read the definition about what kind of eating it was. Okay. The Strong's definition of eating, it says... Probably strengthened from a collateral form of the base of, and that gives two other Strong's definition uh, numbers, through the idea of corrosion or wear, or perhaps rather of a base, through the idea of a uh, crunching sound, to ah, gnaw or yes. <laughs> They were gnawing and chomping. Sounds a little bit like Crunch, cannibalism, yeah. don't it, brother? Yes, it and does. And nobody would have ever thought to look. 
And the outline of biblical usage is nice to look at, too. I always find, well, how does the Bible usually use this word? It says, to gnaw, crunch, chew raw vegetables or fruits as nuts, almonds, of animals feeding. <laughs> there you go. Amen. They're just brother. like animals. Eating and, check out, and check out Marion just to see what it says about that. Okay. Marrying is uh, G1060. Gamio, and it says, To wed of either sex, marry a wife. And the outline of biblical usage says, To lead in marriage, take to wife, to get married, to marry, and so on. It's very clear. It's marriage. Okay. 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 But in, in the, the book, biblical F definition is just when you co- commit coitus, that's marriage, right? That's right. So but they chose whomsoever they would. It was not. Yes. And in the book of, I forget one of the extra canonical books, it said that the women originally were scared of these angelic hosts, but the angels had the ability of changelings, and what they did is they changed their bodies to look like their husbands, and therefore it made them more pleasing to the side of the woman, and she went along with it. That's just, that's just the Spears version. It's a long paragraph, but I give you the short Spears version of what it said. Uh, we might run across it a little bit later on in Enoch. But I just wanted you to hear I wanted to hear that, folks. Well, man, I'm not making this. This backs up Enoch is what it does. Enoch, all it's doing, Enoch, is going along with the Word of God. It just it doesn't give you the details. Everybody but what else will say, well, there ain't nobody going to know when the Lord's come back because everybody's just going to be working and drinking, going out to, to Hardee's and eating, and they're going to be drinking, and they're going to be drinking their iced tea and their Coca-Cola and, and their wine, and, and, and they're just going to be going down the altar and getting married, and that ain't got jack squat to do what the Lord's talking about because he says, as it was in the days of Noah. And it says, as it was in the days of Noah, that men's hearts were set in them to do evil continually. Yes, and all those other things you mentioned are being done all the time, continuously, without stop in every generation. So he wouldn't point that out. It wasn't something unusual. (laughs) But in the days of Noah, this very unusual situation was taking place. It sure was, brother. It sure was. And the drinking of blood back then, like it said in the book of Enoch, they were drinking the blood. Everybody wonders why Leviticus forbids the drinking of blood. Well, it just goes right back to the but about the giants drinking blood is what it does. That's it. It ain't. It's got. It 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 harkens back to the antediluvian world is what it does. Go to Numbers chapter thirteen, brother. Okay. All right, I'm there. And start reading, but um, read verse 32 and 33. And we'll see a little bit about this cannibalism after the flood. Okay, numbers 13, I'll start at 31 at the paragraph marker. Sure. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. 
And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched out unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Did not it say they were eating up the inhabitants? Yes, it did. It sure did. It absolutely did, folks. And they'll just read over like they'll teach that. They'll teach about uh, going into Canaan, how they backed out and didn't go in because they were scared, and they don't get. They don't even stop. To bring up the point that the the cannibalism was rampant among the Canaanites and the Jebusites and the Hittites. And remember, Esau married Hittite women that were of the line of the Canaanites, which were of the giants, which were cannibals. Why do you think God hated him so bad? It's in that that in the genes. It's It's that miscreant thing that's in the genetic line like I told you last night. Folks, I didn't lie to you. I told you the truth. Okay? Go to go to the book of Enoch, chapter 8, brother, and read 2 through 4. Okay. Verse 2, chapter 8. And there arose much godlessness And they committed fornication, and they were led astray, and became corrupt in all their ways. Simjaza taught enchantments and root cuttings, and Armaroth, the resolving of enchantments. Barriquiljal taught astrology, Kokabel, the constellations, Ezequiel, the knowledge of the clouds, Erequiel, the signs of the earth, Shamziel, the signs of the suns, and Sariel, the course of the moon. And as men perished, they cried, and their cry went up to heaven. Absolutely. Uh, ain't it chapter 18, 5 through 8, brother? Chapter 18. Eight, read 5 through 8, and then 11 through 8, 14, okay? Okay. Eight, uh, chapter 18, 5 through 8. Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw the winds on the earth carrying the clouds. I saw the paths of the angels. I saw at the end of the earth the firmament of the heaven above. Now, go, go up above that and read his journey is south. This is where Enoch goes south. Go up above there and start okay. at verse 1. Yes, I will. Verse 1, I saw the treasuries of all the winds. I saw how he had furnished with them the whole creation and the firm foundation of the earth. And I saw the cornerstone of the earth. I saw the four winds which bear the earth and the firmament of the heaven. And I saw how the winds stretch out the vaults of heaven and have their station between heaven and earth. These are the pillars of the heaven. 
I saw the winds of heaven which turn and bring the circumference of the sun and all the stars to their setting. I saw the winds on the earth carrying the clouds. I saw the paths of the angels. I saw at the end of the earth the firmament of the heaven above. So and we I know the firmament meets the ground at the end of the earth, doesn't it, that Brother Dave? Yes, it does. Continue reading. And I proceeded and saw a place which burns day and night, where there are seven mountains of magnificent stones. So keep towards it, I want you folks to keep in mind this these fires that he's talking about. Keep in mind where I'm headed with this. Just keep in mind about these fires. Start reading there again, Brother Day. Pick it up, read it, that yes. verse again, and continue on. And I proceeded and saw a place which burns day and night, where there are seven mountains of magnificent stones, three towards the east and three towards the south. And as for those towards the east, one was of a colored stone, and one of pearl, and one of jacinth and those towards the south of redstone. But the middle one reached to heaven like the throne of God, of alabaster, and the summit of the throne was of sapphire. All right, folks, let me just bring to your attention, you can go and look it up if you want to. They found a place in Antarctica they call the Seven Peaks. Go look it up. Remember, this is antediluvian. After the flood happened, there was change in the earth. As a matter of fact, in the day, in a matter of fact, in the day of Peleg, the Bible says the earth was divided. Yes. Don't forget that. Okay. Go down to verse eleven and read through verse fourteen. Don't forget those fires, folks. Okay. Go ahead. I tell you what. Just read. Just read from verse eight on through to verse fourteen. Okay. All right then. Verse 8, but the middle one reached to heaven like the throne of God of alabaster, and the summit of the throne was of sapphire. And I saw a flaming fire, and beyond these mountains is a region, the end of the great earth. There the heavens were compelled, and I saw a deep abyss with columns of heavenly fire, and among them I saw columns of fire fall which were beyond measure alike towards the height and towards the depth. Did you just read a dark abyss? Yes. A dark chasm. Do you realize that you can go online and look up Antarctica and exploration they have found in 2016 a giant chasm next to these seven peaks? They don't know the bottom of it. Here, Enoch says that it, there's a great deep abyss, a pit there, and there's these flames there. Don't forget this as we continue further on with this study. Go ahead, brother. Okay. Verse 12, And beyond that abyss I saw a place which had no firmament of the heaven above and no firmly founded earth beneath it. There was no water upon it and no birds, but it was a waste and a horrible place. I saw there seven stars 
like great burning mountains, and to me, when I inquired regarding them, the angel said, This place is the end of heaven and earth. This has become a prison for the stars and the host of heaven. Again, you can go inside and check out Antarctica exploration and stuff that's happened over the last five years. They found a desert place there that gets less than one inch of rain or precipitation a year, and it's called the driest, coldest desert on Earth. Enoch has just described that as well. Go to uh, chapter 18, going in, let's see, uh, go to chapter 19, brother, and read 1 and 2, and then read uh, 8, just go read 1 and 2 to start with, chapter 19. Okay, chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. And Uriel said to me, Here shall stand the angels who have connected themselves with women. Oh, and whoa, 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 whoa. They connected themselves with women. Aren't we talking about Genesis 6 here, Brother David? Yes, I would imagine, yes. Yes, sir, Ray. Keep on reading. And Uriel said to me, here shall stand the angels who have connected themselves with women, and their spirits, assuming many different forms, are defiling mankind and shall lead them astray into sacrificing to demons as gods. Oh. Here shall they stand. Yeah, sacrificing to demons as gods. Remember that fire that Enoch saw, those pillars. Remember the fires that were like stars. What are stars represented of, Brother Dave, in the Scripture? Angels. They sure are. Absolutely, they sure are. Now go to Leviticus chapter 18. Okay, Leviticus chapter 18. Just start, just Leviticus chapter 18, and start reading. Verse 1? Yes. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Ye shall do my judgments, and keep mine ordinances. To walk therein, I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which, if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of thy father or the nakedness of thy mother shalt thou not uncover. Sexual. She is thy mother. As you read, I'm just going to make comment. Sexual. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. She is thy mother. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness. Sexual. The nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father, or daughter of thy mother, whether she be born at home or born abroad, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover. Sexual. 
the nakedness of thy son's daughter or of thy daughter's daughter, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover. For For theirs is thine own nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife's daughter, begotten of thy father, she is thy sister. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Sexual. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's sister. She is the thy father's near kinswoman. Sexual. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister, for she is thy mother's near kinswoman. Sexual. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's brother. Thou shalt not approach to his wife. She is thine aunt. Sexual. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy daughter-in-law. She is thy son's wife. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Sexual. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife. It is thy brother's nakedness. Sexual. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter. Neither shalt thou take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. For they are her near kinswoman. It is wickedness. Sexual. Neither shalt thou take a wife to her sister to vex her, to uncover her nakedness beside the other in her lifetime. Sexual. Also thou shalt not approach unto a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is put apart for her uncleanness. Sexual. Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. Sexual. And thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Moloch, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. What do you think about that? What in the world do you think about that? You've always thought that putting your passing a child through the fire was child sacrifice where they burn them up. Yes. According to the context, it's not. It's sexual. Remember those pillars of fire you read about earlier in Enoch? I I read an account that went into great details of one of these ceremonies that were done in Parthia, and they were famous for them. And they did do that, exactly what you're saying, that, as well as burning their children, but that they also did it, that new thing. And that would, yep, some of them did kill their children, but the, it says their seed that goes yes. through the fire. And Absolutely. those fire, and those, Enoch saw those fire, those angels, and I, and there was, then it says Moloch, that could be, there was one angel, there was a fallen angel, Moroch, it could be misconstrued as Moloch, and therefore offering the children to pass through the fire to Moloch would be a sexual act which would allow the angelic force to continue to mate with human women and still bring forth the line of giants. Because there's no way that that whole chapter is about sex and one all of a sudden one verse 
is not about sex. Do you follow me, Brother David? I sure do. And there's one other thing that also they did, these um, Canaanites. What they would do is a a woman, and well, actually the Greeks started practicing some of this as well, that a woman who was a virgin, before she could get married, had to go to the temple and pray and take this vow that the very first man that she came upon she would have sex with before she was allowed to be married. Yep. And this would be another means where a fallen angel could meet. Well, we've done learned that they're changelings. They can change themselves into a different, ain't it told you? They could change themselves into all different manners. Anik also told you they sinned against the animals. They And always, always, Moloch has the head of a bull and the body of a man. Right. From the and what did the children the, of Israel create? From the neck down is all manhood. Only from the neck up is it a bull. In other words, all the working parts are below the head. You understand where I'm going, what I'm saying? Hmm? The sexual act is still very much in play, and everything you read for the whole chapter was sexually oriented. The context was sex, and that's exactly what this is talking about here, is sex according to the context. And it's talking about with one of those fallen angel, little g-gods, that is a chimera whose head was a bull and his body was a man. That's exactly what it's talking about, folks, and you heard it here first. Okay? Now, you argue with the context of the Word of God. It doesn't say anything there about killing anybody, does it, Brother Dave? Uh, No, it doesn't. Not a one word there about a child sacrifice dying in the fire. It says pass through the fire. Enoch saw the fire in the south. He saw the angels down there that had consorted with women and were still influencing humanity. Didn't it say that, Brother David? Yes. Still influencing humanity. And it concern and the context was sex in the Word of God. Folks, I ain't changed nothing. I'm just telling you what the book says. Okay, timeline. Let's bring it forward to nineteen forty eight. Roswell, New Mexico. Not only in Roswell, New Mexico, but across the Atlantic Ocean, over in Europe, in the Middle East, a bastardized dust bowl gets called a state for Edomites, the Israelites, that say they are not Hebrew. All in 48, Bird goes to Antarctica in 47 and goes back again in Operation High Jump. Also in the 50s, there's an operation, other operations. All of a sudden, everybody pulls out of Antarctica, and Russia and the United States 
start shooting nuclear missiles up straight in the sky and blowing them up over the Pacific Ocean. And if you can go watch it, go watch it on video. Operation Fishbowl. Operation Dominic. Put the two together, it means Fishbowl of the Lord. Why would they shoot atomic bombs up in the sky, and as you watch them go straight up, all of a sudden it looks like they hit something and blow up. All the countries that were great explorer nations pull out, and they sign a treaty. Roswell, there's supposed to be a crash. The newspaper says, flying saucer downed in New Mexico. Roswell, New Mexico. Then they changed the story. Then all of a sudden, people start seeing things flying through the air after Antarctica has been breached and the firmament's been found. The same place that Enoch went and saw the great chasm or the abyss that they, they're reporting now, the great chasm, that's affecting one of the scientific outposts next to the seven peaks that Enoch called the seven mountains in his book next to the end of the earth were those angels that were influencing the human race from where they were through their changeling ability and the fire that had sacrifices all through the centuries, our people sacrificing their children, not to death, but to seed passing through the fire. What fire? Is it the, the pillars of fire that are in Antarctica in the south where the last place Enoch was saw, was seen, was in a place, had a bunch of folks following him, and it was in a place where there was ice and snow. Am I right, Brother David? Yes. Now then, there's things being seen in the sky everywhere. In 1958, a person in Brazil said that something flew down out of the sky, and this being had sex with him. I forget what the guy's name was. That's the first recorded incident of something that flew down out of the sky, landed, and had sex with a human being. Betty and Barney Hill were abducted in upstate New York by these flying things in the sky that Admiral Byrd supposedly said could fly from pole to pole in just a few minutes in his diary that he said he met these people that were under the earth. Truth or truth or fiction? Don't know. That's speculation. But according to everything else, the truth era seems to be leaning toward more of the truth. People claiming all over the world their scenarios are the same, whether they're in China, in a providence in China, or whether they're in outside of Great Britain somewhere or outside of England or they're in India or they're in Mongolia. Their description 
of the encounter is the same. It's sexually oriented. Just like that whole chapter in Leviticus was sexually oriented. Instead of they they were changeling men, remember, a third fell. Where are they at? Under the sea, under the ground, second heaven. They can change themselves and look like what they want to look like. Whether it's a good-looking person, the Nordics, and a wicked-looking person, a reptilian, a goofy-looking person, a gray, all have connections with sexual, taking of eggs of women, mixing them with something, and then replacing them in the female to bring about a hybrid. They had hybrids antediluvian, which caused men's hearts to be evil continually. God wiped them out. They're bringing forth hybrids today. Be careful, lest you entertain angels unaware. Paul said women should cover their heads because of the angels in the New Testament. Thousands of years after the, the antediluvian period. And now you've got today the same scenario going on, just in a different way. And we're getting closer and closer and closer to the Lord getting sick and tired of it and putting a stop to all of it by breaking the eastern sky. But before that comes the time of Jacob's trouble. And one last warning by two old prophets on the streets of Jerusalem. And Daniel chapter 11 says that the vile one will be doing business with the God of forces and he'll come to, he'll be doing, he'll be having cooperation with a small people. It doesn't say a small number of people. It says a small people. Last time I checked, those graves were small, weren't they, Brother Dave? Yes. That's probably where we're at in the timeline right now. Is the core is the collaboration between world human leaders along with this bunch of a third of the innumerable angels that fell in different positions who are changelings and can look just like you or I. God forbid they look like me. At least they'd want to be good-looking and handsome. And they've run corporations that's worth billions and billions of dollars, dark projects being done in underground bases, which which everybody knows is not a conspiracy theory. You can go check them out. Good investigative reporters have checked it out. You can find the truth, not the conspiracy nuts that come up with the wild, crazy stuff, but the real truth like the big unit out in Arkansas that was on mainstream television with Jesse Ventura in his conspiracy show that showed it. That's the timeline of deception we're in today, folks. I hadn't told you a solitary thing that's not going on.
not one solitary thing that's not going on. That which has been shall be done again, and there's nothing new under the sun. And God requires that which is past. To close out the program, David, read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15, and then this in a word of prayer, brother. Okay. And Lord willing, Friday night, we'll get some video up and let you folks see some of this stuff. Not fake stuff, but stuff that I'm going over and betting myself, and I'm putting my stamp on it, okay? So if it turns out to be a lie, you can blame it on me, all right? But Brother Dave, go ahead. Read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15. Okay. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. You got that, folks? That which is to be hath already been, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And God requireth. Require the creator of the universe, the creator of everything that gave you breath, requires that which is past to be done again. Brother Dave, dismiss us in a word of prayer. Tonight, Lord Jesus, we come grateful for your word. We come, Lord, and ask that you expand upon these thoughts and ideas and that you show us the truths of these messages and help us to see that which we need to understand that we can guard ourselves and our kin, our families, and warn them of these things that shall come so that their hearts don't fail them, yes, so that they know that every word that's written in the Word of God is true, tried in a furnace, tested seven times. Thou, O Lord, will keep them. Thou, O Lord, will do them. Every word, even the words we don't like, even the words that we question, yes, they're all going to be done, just like you said. And Lord, we pray that we would be malleable, that we would be like putty in your hands, like clay, Lord. Mold us, shape our ideas and our opinions. Help us to cling to them. Help us to be strong within and receive these revelations and incorporate them in our plans, in our futures, in, the, in what we say. Certainly and foremost, the gospel comes first, but we are told to learn all truth in the scriptures, yes. to be guided in all truth, and not just to know the gospel, but to learn all truth, says in Timothy. Yes. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that all these truths, that the man of God would be equipped, that he would be equipped with all truth, that nothing would cause him to stumble or mystify him or cause him to be dismayed or ashamed because he is confused and doesn't understand Lord, we pray that we would expand your kingdom and confront the works of darkness and to tear down these strongholds that the fallen angels intend to keep building, 
that we, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the prayer of the Word of God and His holy angels working together with us, can destroy their works. But certain ones that you plan to be done will be done. And those that we can tear down in your name, we tear them down in Jesus' name. Lord, and for all these things, we're truly grateful. So be it. Amen. 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 And folks, you you remember, they once thought they could battle against God in Genesis 11. They thought they could fight against God then. And they're building everything up now to where they can think they can fight against him again when he comes back the second time. There's yes. nothing new under the sun, folks. There's nothing new under the sun. And yes, it's our duty to preach the gospel, and we do preach the gospel here continuously. But it's also my job to keep you up to date on things going on this world in this world that might cause your heart to fear and fail you for fear. Because in Luke it says that men's hearts will fail them for fear for looking for those things that are coming upon the earth. Yes. So it's my job to warn you and give you the scriptural knowledge to be able to fortify yourself and tell you about the spiritual armor of Ephesians 6:12 and your necessity to learn this book so you'll have the word of God to use as a so as a weapon against these forces of darkness and forces of evil. Amen. And Father God, I pray that you would anoint each and every ear to hear, Lord, to understand that these things are important. They're not for ear-tickling purposes. They're as serious as a Category 5 hurricane and worse, Lord. And I pray that you'd you'd take it and, and burn it in their hearts. Let them understand. Let them prove these things for themselves. Like the Bible says, prove all things, hold fast, that which is good. I have to teach you the whole counsel of God, and He's given me grace. That's exactly what I intend to do. God, thank you for being with us tonight. May God's grace go with each and every one of you. May his face shine upon you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Good night, everyone. Contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone number is 334-397-2333. The email is respecttothelord at yahoo.com. PayPal account is the same as the email respecttothelord at yahoo.com. You can go to PayPal and make an offering to the Lord Jesus Christ through this ministry. Pastor Don's mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street, Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017. That's 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone, and hope to see you Friday night at yes. Zoom or at Facebook. Amen, yes. We hope to see you at Zoom or at Facebook, one of the two. And folks, uh, Lord willing and health permitting, Friday night, me and Brother Dave will have something put together for y'all visually that will help you understand a little bit more on these things. The only thing, we will continue with this topic Friday night uh, and give you some visual aid to go with it. 
either that or we'll have a special guest, one of the two. Me and Brother Dave will get together this week and try to bring you all the best program and the best meeting and fellowship that we possibly can by the grace of God. Love each and every one of you. One other thing, Pastor Don, we will continue doing our talk shows every Monday night. night. Every Monday night there'll be a talk show program, yes. Yes, there will. For the foreseeable future, absolutely. And folks, I appreciate the tithes and offerings, and God bless you, the ones that that will support this ministry. It's much needed and appreciated, and, and God will double, triple, and quadruple the response in your love offerings and gifts. I can assure you of that because, well, how do I know that? Because he promises that. Amen, Brother Dave. Amen and amen. Good night, everyone. God bless. Good night. Good night, brother.
spite of all the evil. The rejoicing around the world among believers is fantastic. And it's eternal. I don't know what's in your heart right now. Only God knows that. But according to John 3.3, 3, the only way we can see God's kingdom is to be born from above and have his forgiveness. To be part of God's kingdom or to have to live for eternity with the agony and remorse and regret of those who, who rejected him With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.